0: I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go it oh, them. You're listening to the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 975-1280 the zone and the Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. <music> This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson,
1: Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Bowler coming in during the 4 o'clock hour. He'll be in uh, studio at 4.30. Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports is going to join us at top the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get a national perspective on what's going on with the jazz. Um, real quick, Gordon, I thought I'd bring this up with you because it's, it's kind of, I guess, a hot topic uh, nationally. But, I mean, last night, Monday Night Football, the New Orleans Saints just routed the Colts, and the Colts pulled a no-show, 34-7. Uh, but Drew Brees is your all-time leader in touchdowns now for the NFL, moving past Peyton Manning, and he had just an incredible performance, uh, 29 of 30, 307 yards. Uh, Drew mentioned, you know, it's even kind of special that it was against the Colts because that's where their Super Bowl had come against the Colts, and, of course, Peyton Manning's former team. Um, It was just one of these, you know, they were the only show on TV, Monday Night Football, just one of the culmination of a bunch of really cool stuff last night. And so it it begs the question, I thought, I want to know who Gordon Monson's top five on the GOAT quarterback list is, and I'm curious if Breeze cracks it. Yes,
2: he does. He is fantastic. Well, let me think here for a second. Let's do it together, Jake. Who do we put number one? See,
1: I think that's easy. I've heard some debate on that today, and I, I, I some people say Tom Brady. It is Tom Brady. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, okay, but you can't. Ex- you, what you're saying is you can't accept uh, any other rationale for another player.
1: I think up until you know a couple of Super Bowls ago, he and Joe Montana were probably neck and neck, but at this point. I don't think there's much argument to it, to be okay. honest.
2: Tom Brady, one. Joe Montana, two. Uh, who are you going with for... See, the hard you, part you is— you give Peyton Manning even the time of day? Honestly? Oh, no.
1: I, I don't even have Peyton Manning on my top 15. Then who are
2: you going with for? I'd put
1: T. Martin ahead of Peyton Manning. <laughs> no, you wouldn't.
2: Who's, who's, uh, who's next?
1: Well, okay, so let me ask you this. How much do you value Super Bowls? Because we obviously do.
2: And, and well, Tom, if you're going to value Super Bowls, then you better have, better have Terry Bradshaw on there. Somewhere. Right.
1: So, but Terry, you know, you you could give him a, a more accurate uh, assessment of Terry than I could. But I, I he heard, was good. I thought. But was he the
2: reason that that team won all uh, those Super Bowls? Well, they Bowls? had the, they had the freaking iron curtain, steel yeah. curtain. I mean, they. I mean, that was that team. As is the case. See, you bring up a great point here because that's what makes. Is crowning somebody for winning Super Bowls—you got to have an awful lot of help to be- make that happen.
1: Because I think Dan Marino would be on a lot of top five lists. Yeah. However, he never won the Super Bowl, right? He, he was. I think you got to put Elway up there. I think Elway needs to be in your top five. Even and that, I just cannot stand the Broncos—not one bit. But I, you know, he was incredible. Who are we forgetting? Hmm. But I would put Breeze up there. Breeze would be
2: my top. Yeah. He's, he's, he's spectacular.
1: And he has a Super Bowl. I mean, if he were able to get another one, I mean, that certainly would, uh, would cement his legacy. And think about um, who
2: he's doing this against because sometimes uh, when you when, when talk about these kinds of things, people will uh, discount what old time athletes accomplished. Because they weren't going up against the athletes of today, where the nutrition is better, the weight training is better, the training in general is better. The rules are different. The, the athletes are bigger, faster, stronger, all that stuff. But uh, uh, that's a pretty good group we uh, we just named. We're, we're forgetting somebody though. I'll we'll have to look it up. So, but, yeah, I, 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 Drew Brees is is doing it against this top caliber of athlete Plus, right I,
1: now. I love his story where, you know, he was good in, uh, in San Diego, had a promising start, then underwent that horrible shoulder injury, if you remember that, where they had to, to kind of piece him back together. And at that point, the Chargers gave up on him. I heard Scotty talking about this earlier today. You know, he was out there in the wind, free agent. And uh, the Dolphins had a shot at him, and they decided to go with Dante Culpepper instead. And he goes to the Saints. And and listen, the the Saints' history is not exactly rich. Mm-mm. And for him to build what they've built there in New Orleans, in that city... Especially at that time, you know, where where Katrina, you know, they won their Super Bowl. I think a year after Katrina, and that that community was really suffering. I mean, it's a it's, good
2: pairing with a coach too. Absolutely, it's it's a really neat story. Um, and he's like five foot three, right? He's not
1: tall. He's not tall, but he's smart. And I, I mean, if you watch some of the passes that he threw last night, I mean, yeah. it's it's incredible. He's yeah, a master. He's a master of his craft, and he's really easy to cheer for, I think. I think the Saints in general are are easy to cheer for, and it doesn't hurt that there's a little local interest there with Marcus Williams and Taysom Hill on that team, you know, know, some guys we're familiar with. I hope they go on a run. They deserve it. uh, Where
2: do you put Steve
1: Young? See, can you put Steve Young top five of all time? I don't think so.
2: Uh, I I, I don't think he's quite there. He could just do things that other quarterbacks of his time. He couldn't. was amazing. I agree. But, yeah. I mean, but we're talking, you know, top five. I think where, a lot where, do you, where do you put a guy like Johnny Unitas? Somebody like that. These guys, he was fantastic. He was much better than the average quarterback of his day. See, we're outside of a little bit of my. See, I grew up with Joe
1: Montana, so I'm, I've got a pretty. I'm pretty familiar with how good he was. I'm not sure on Johnny Unitas. I'd have to rely on you for that one a little bit.
2: Yeah. Where do you or put Bart Starr, Norm or those Van guys. Brocklin?
1: Yeah. See, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's. Where the, but see, that was we, a different day where where the pass was the the forward pass was not exactly prevalent.
2: You know. Oh yeah, and, yeah and but they did. Those guys slung. They they, they slung it around. But right
1: now we're in the the golden age of the quarterback yeah. in the NFL. I mean we're we're seeing numbers that we've never seen anyone come close to, and that maybe should frame how great those guys were because they were able to to produce at a level when the game wasn't really that way. And now the rules have been changed and you know a defensive back just can't skewer a helpless receiver. you know things are they're passing for more yards. The game's it's different than it used to be. But
2: back then, quarterbacks used to have to withstand the threat of being absolutely crushed. Right, which made passing even more difficult. But but it, 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 somehow you have to give them credit for playing and succeeding in an environment. I agree. What's Sonny Jurgensen? No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, all so all you if, guys out there with a pot belly, I thought I'd throw in Sonny for you.
1: If people have any thoughts, I'd I'd be curious to hear them. At Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson. Where's your list, and is is Drew Brees on it? Because last night was pretty. That
2: was a pretty incredible game. It's hard to argue. I mean, it really is. Do you, th- and it seems like he took as motivation things that he took as disrespect earlier in his career and used that to fuel him moving forward. I'm sure he did. But he seems like a terrific family guy and terrific, uh, kind of role model if that's what you're looking for.
1: I almost feel bad for Philip Rivers in a way because he's had a really great career. But I mean, how many Chargers fans? Well, are there, uh, but have sat there and thought, boy, should have hung on to Drew Brees. That was a bad idea.
2: Uh, I just thought of Cowboys fans who are right now bristling because uh, we didn't bring up Roger Staubach nor Troy Aikman.
1: I don't think I'd have Troy Aikman on my top five. I mean, he was great. Top
2: five is an awfully steep standard. That's what I'm saying.
1: I mean, I, I, I think Troy falls into the same echelon as Steve Young.
2: All right. Man, they had some battles back and forth yeah, in the old did. NFC title game, mm-hmm. didn't they? Cowboys had the best offensive line I think I've ever seen. And Troy benefited from that, as did Emmett Smith. All right, so how about this? Let's localize it. By the way, I stepped on Emmett Smith's uh, foot once. Well, that
1: doesn't sound like a. Why'd you do that?
2: I didn't mean to. We were at a. Did uh, You bump into him at a Denny's or something? No, it was at a. Uh, it was at a, a, a nightclub in Dallas. Oh, stop! <laughs> no, it. no, no
1: this is true. Well, first of all, I know you, and it's not like you're just happening nightclubs in Dallas. It's not like that's <laughs> some story that I'm just automatically <laughs> no, going no, to buy. But it's true because that is not I, the Gordon I, Monson I, that I've I, known. Why for I can't go? My, I can't go to a nightclub. It's not like you're flying into Dallas and going. You know what? It's time to hit the town
2: chester has got to get loose tonight. Oh, I was at a nightclub, and Emmett Smith showed up, and he walked by me, and I accidentally stepped on him. I said, I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. And his response was? He's fine. He's, he's good. No problem. Okay. So
1: I thought we'd localize this a little bit too, Gordon. Give me your top five local college quarterbacks. So not what they did in the pros, but just
2: what they did while they were here. All right. I would go number 1 Jim McMahon. Okay? Number 2 in just in college. Just in college, not what they did in the pros. Well, I'm tempted to go with Ty Detmer, but even the year that he won the Heisman, he threw an awful lot of interceptions. I think he had like 28 interceptions that year. He still won the Heisman, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I might go. I think the best single year I ever saw was Steve Young's uh, junior year. So Steve at number three, or number two, or was it his senior year? I don't know. One of those years he was really good. Uh, I'll go with uh, I'll go with. I think he, I think Young was a better quarterback than Ty Detmer. So you're
1: going Young two, yeah,
2: Ty three. Uh tie three um Alex yeah. Smith's got a mix in here somewhere. Yeah. I put Alex there next. And what other uh, quarterback are we forgetting? Uh, maybe uh,
1: Becker Hall or Brian Johnson. Maybe maybe somebody wants to, to get aggressive and throw Tyler Huntley into the mix. Well, Eric Hippolyte <laughs>
2: You mean the dude who transferred to
1: Oklahoma <laughs> no.
2: from uh, Snow or wherever it was? No, Eric Kiffle played at Utah State, didn't he? Uh, hmm. Well, Bosco won a national championship.
1: You get a chip. That probably gets you into the discussion, right? Uh,
2: I think so. Uh, I, 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 For whatever reason, I go with those old-timers over the, uh, the younger guys like Beck, even though Beck is— how old is he now? I don't know. But he was pretty darn good his senior year. Are we forgetting somebody? Scott Mitchell, maybe an argument can be made on the youth side. Put up a lot of numbers. You know, I wouldn't put Tyler Huntley in the top five. Not not no. uh I wouldn't. How about you?
1: I don't I don't think so, although he's had a he's had a great year.
2: Who do you think had a better year? Brian Johnson his senior year or Tyler Huntley this year? Uh, you know what? I'd, I'd love to look at the stats. I wonder how comparable
1: the stats are. But, uh, I mean, I want to say Brian Johnson just because I'm thinking some of the incredible games and plays that he won at the exact right times to get them where they needed to go was pretty incredible. He, I, I remember that year it was somewhat controversial that he won the Mountain West Player of the Year because his stats really weren't all that terrific. Mm-hmm. But all he did was get handed games that were all but lost and turn it around for his team. I mean, that's pretty incredible,
2: right? So if we were gonna rank Utah quarterbacks, then you go, you go, uh, Alex Smith number one, Frank Dolce number two. Uh, okay, who is number two? Is it Brian Johnson or is it Tyler Huntley or Scott Mitchell? What about Lee Gross cup
1: Again, out of my element. <laughs> You're gonna to have to help me on that one. I mean, Scott put up a lot of numbers, right? But but the wins weren't necessarily there. Although, did beat BYU once
2: yeah that's so true. are
1: we are we valuing more stats or wins on this thing that's if we're a saying if we're saying wins, you gotta go Brian, Tyler Scott but if you're gonna throw in stats then we might need to rethink that a little bit
2: okay so uh we got that and then okay if we got B y u or are we going McMahon number one Steve young number two Ty, uh, Ty Detmer number three. Are you with me on that so far? You disagree. See, my
1: my personal memory of of McMahon in college is slight. So he
2: was so freak. See,
1: but good. that's what everybody who saw him play says. His junior so, year was spectacular. It, it's it's hard not to just side with you. But I I mean, you, you win the Heisman Trophy. You're doing something right.
2: Yeah, but as Steve Young put it. When he was with, uh, I think it was, was he with the Niners? He was in the NFL at the time. And uh, he said, I I guess Lavelle decided he wanted one of his quarterbacks to win it, implying that Ty Detmer was stacking up those stats in a major way. Ah, I see. Uh Uh-huh. And you're buying into that? Uh, I could see his rationale Mm -hmm. for that. I see. He did put up a lot of stats. They did throw the ball an awful lot that year. Where do you put Bosco? Where do you put uh, Gifford Nielsen? Where do you put Mark Wilson? This guy's on down the line. Where do you put John Beck? Or Max
1: Hall is Max the winning. Hall. He's the winningest quarterback in BYU history, right?
3: Hmm.
1: All right, it's tough choices. And then uh, our uh, at one true Aggie on Twitter says, how about Chucky Keaton? How about Jordan Love? I'd have to familiarize myself a little bit more with the Aggie quarterback lore before I could be really definitive. Those both are better than uh, Leon Jackson III.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but they can't
1: punt as well as. LJ3 could punt a football. That is a fact. You
2: know, do, do you put Riley above or below Chucky? Riley, our friend Riley Jensen yeah I don't know it's a tough call, but Jordan loves going to make the NFL.
1: he is he is gonna he's he's gonna be a draft pick and he's... he even if he did
2: possess marijuana.
1: that is a story today. Um, it was uh, released that he was cited for uh, simple possession along with other uh, Utah State players a junior wide receiver Sean Carter, senior running back Gerald Bright, charged with a misdemeanor. Uh, however, love's uh, attorney Sky Lazaro says, contrary to initial reports, Jordan Love was not arrested for any offense but simply cited by the officer for a low-level misdemeanor possession charge. Based on the uh, information available at this time, there was no marijuana or other illegal substance recovered at the scene. Jordan maintains his in- innocence and is confident he will be exonerated as this matter progresses through the judicial process, unquote. Not something we were really planning on focusing on today, Gordon, but if you mention it, probably ought to get the accurate info out there. Well,
2: whether, whether whatever happened, folks— a whole lot of college athletes are smoking weed. Can we just say that?
1: I think a whole lot of college students yes. are smoking weed, yeah.
2: Yeah, and and a whole lot of American citizens are smoking weed. It just is. And so if somebody gets caught, whether they're cited or charged or whatever, you know, it's going on. And I think this whole idea that we sort of pretend that it's not going on or act somehow shocked if something like this comes it's just based on my conversations with college athletes through the years when I have directly asked them whether they have ever smoked pot or know any but other athletes who have there's a whole lot of that going on it's probably yes a hundred percent if you broaden it like that well it's a whole lot. Uh, not everybody said that that was that they were participating, but they said it happens and it happens. No, but do they know the somebody? Lot. Oh, every single person oh. you talk to, I guarantee. Yeah, but know I'm talking somebody. about no athletes who are involved in it. Still,
1: uh, I want to remind you about our friends at Zebra Res. Your guests will notice, and your toes will thank you. Call Zebra Res for a holiday carpet cleaning. Get thirty three dollars per room, and your fourth room is free. December only. Happy holidays from your friends at. Zero res. Uh, Bowler, hopefully jumping in studio, coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Gordon, we're hoping to talk to Bowler coming up here momentarily. Uh, Of course, the Jazz back in action tonight, taking on the magic here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. The Jazz have had three days off, Gordon, two of those days uh, they've chosen to practice. So they even got they got a little rest on Saturday and they got two practices in And I I think that's a big deal. They haven't had a ton of time to practice this year. You know, a lot of new faces. You know, fit has been something controversial. Practice certainly could not
2: hurt. I agree with that completely. That's exactly what the Jazz needed, some time on the court together where they could smooth some things out. And we've talked about some of them. That bench especially needs to get solved. And I know that Quinn has been sort of staggering guys trying to get, uh, you know, some scores on the court. And working through uh, everything that leads up to a or leads to a an efficient offensive possession, and we haven't seen as much of that as, as uh, needs to happen in order for the Jazz to, to fulfill their potential. Let's get
1: out to the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a Flex Lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend, Craig Bowler, Jack Bowler. What is up?
3: Hey, hey, Jake. Gordo, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm driving and 45 minutes into it. I'm still not at the arena, so... My apologies. I like hanging out with you guys, but uh, we'll do it via phone today.
1: So traffic is not what you would say uh, fluid at the moment.
3: Uh, Just you... say it's uh, worse than slow and go. How about that? Uh, gotcha. I gotcha.
2: Bowler, since you've been home, have you been getting all your Christmas shopping done, all that stuff that needed to get taken care of? Uh,
3: you know what? We got a tree, which is a fantastic thing. We have kind of both artificial and a smaller one that you know kind of smells good. Makes the house smell good but then i hate taking it out because then all the needles fall out and you know how that goes so yeah i mean I, i've done all i can um, <laughs> leave tomorrow come back late from miami and then all of a sudden it's christmas eve when i wake up so it, it's uh it's you know i we miss thanksgiving but at least we're home for uh, christmas eve christmas day and that means that's 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 what it's all about
1: Bowler, Gordon and I were just talking about how this is, you know, having three days off in a row. It's a big deal. It doesn't happen all that often. The fact that they were able to rest a day and still practice twice for a team that's still trying to come together, that that seems to me like it couldn't hurt, right?
3: Yeah, it, it really has been a big, uh, a big plus for the Jazz, plus Conley's healthy. And I think what I'm looking at tonight is that blend. How do you blend them back in? The Jazz have won three out of five during his – Um, time off the floor I know his minutes most likely will be watched closely I'm not sure what that number is until I talk to Quinn when when I get to the arena but you know it's it's um, you know the Joe Ingles combo is impressive uh just running the floor and sharing that uh sharing the ball with with Donovan Mitchell uh the Jazzers have survived we'll see how they fare tonight blending you know, Mike Conley back in this lineup. But to get back to your original question, you know, I think practice is always good, and especially for a team that continues to talk about, you know, just the lack of connectivity at times, uh, new faces, and this team just hasn't been able to, at this point, be as connected as I thought. I thought they would be at this time. So we passed the 25 game mark, and I thought maybe game 20 would be the the, the time when things would kind of clear up, but. We'll see how it goes tonight. This is an important game before we jump on the road to take on Atlanta, Charlotte, and uh, the Miami Heat.
2: Do you think Bowler that Joe Ingles should start for the Jazz? And let me give you my rationale for that. Sure, he's sure. he's better with the better players on the floor than he is with the lesser players, and maybe I'm not you can gonna argue that. Maybe I'm not can argue maybe, at all. Maybe you can say that about a lot of people, but especially with Joe because of the little things he does that uh, enables him to benefit the other guys, and then he benefits from them being there. And he th- there isn't that dynamic when he's with the bench guys.
3: Yeah, it's those are all great points. I think we'll see Joe stay in the lineup for a couple of games, and then Quinn has to make another decision. You know, is it working? What's Royce O'Neal, is what's he doing uh, for the bench? Because that still is a undetermined issue that has to be, you know, rectified. They've got to get more production from the guys off the bench. Uh, but right now, Quinn Snyder seems to really lean heavily on the five, the, the starting five. So I'm with you, Gordo. I'd say Joe just has a knack. You know, he's a great teammate, but a leader. And I think he does all the little things you just mentioned uh, that, you know, get under, you know, an opponent's skin, the smirk, uh, the way that he claws at you defensively. And he is probably, we kid him a lot, but yet he's just savvy in the way that he plays this game. And what I mean by that, he plays it really smart. And that, that equals good things when he's on the floor.
2: So uh, real quick, I just wonder if it would you continue to start him and Mike Conley, and that means I think that that's Royce... the
3: experiment we're going to see tonight. Uh, I, I really do, uh, Gordon. I think that's going to be a couple of three games. See how it works when we hit the road, and maybe that's what we see for the for the rest of the way. Uh, knowing Quinn and the way that he continues to try to work this scheme out of, of lineups. Is that I don't think anything's in stone. I think you'd like for it to be, and maybe Joe will help him make that decision. I, I think that's probably what probably is going to happen. And the first step, you know, is tonight. Um, and I'm anxious to see how he plays alongside Donovan uh, and Mike Conley, who hasn't played by the way since December second. That's a you know a five game spell is almost two weeks. That's a, that's, a, that's a good that's a good period of time. You
1: mentioned tonight's opponent, the Magic uh, Bowler. I think this is actually the perfect type of opponent for the Jazz, as we you know, Golden State is just the bottom of the barrel right now. They're not going to be much of a test for anybody, and the Jazz came away with a win. Orlando, they're a they're a playoff team in the East. They've got some talent. Um, they've uh, they, if they put it together they can be dangerous we saw what uh, the Magic did to the Jazz last year down in Mexico City if they're not on their game tonight uh, they're going to come away with a loss I think this is like a, a sneaky interesting game for this Jazz team as we're trying to see them put it all together
3: you know I'd say there's not a lot of big names you know Fournier is a, a great three point shooter, shooter and they're coming off a huge win against a very uh, beat up New Orleans team uh, back on Sunday so I think they're kind of you know rolling with some confidence into town. But Vucevic is a uh, is healthy now, the big man in the middle, Nikola Vucevic. And so that'll be a matchup with Rudy tonight. Uh, they've got a lot of guards, uh, and they, they keep coming at you. You know, getting back to what you said about Golden State, I mean, I tell you, I think the Jazz should have probably walked them. But instead, they had a battle from 13 down to beat that team. Well, I think the lesson here, guys, is that the NBA – there's a lot of good players here. We get caught up, too, in names and, you know, status, all-star, tags, and all the above. But, you know, I think the Jazz, I hope, understand, too, that Golden State uh, doesn't have the names. But the guys that hit the floor the other night really came out and battled. And I think what i like to see the Jazz do is play. I know this is cliche. Has it happened yet? No. forty-eight. I mean, that's kind of the key. The Jazz just seem to be a second-half team, make it difficult on themselves. And tonight, against a team that is vying for playoff position in the East, come out and play your game. Uh, Let Mike Conley, you know, try to get back into the flow. And hopefully, you know, if you hit shots, the Jazz win. If if the flu hits uh, and those shots don't go, and it seems like it's more than one player when they struggle, then it's going to be a rough night. But that's the one thing I think the Jazz are at now, is to make sure they come out with, with a fire in their belly and, and play hard ball, not just in the second half, but from the tip. And I uh, haven't seen it much uh, throughout the course of this year thus far.
2: So I want to ask you about that bowler, that uh, that sort of quotient, uh, the physical quotient, the toughness. Fact. Is this team tough enough?
3: Another, another great insight. You know, you lose a couple of muscle men last year. I mean, you know, Jay Crowder, uh, even though he was up and down in his three-point shot, He still gave you the feeling that he had your back. Um, George Niang, you know, I think tries to fill that, but he hasn't played long long enough in this league to establish himself. And, uh, you know, Ed Davis is more of a slight of build uh, and doesn't really have the ability to to get down there and and push the bodies around. And then you got Faves. I know we're looking back, but the question is is, is a legit one. You know, you gave up a lot to get Conley, and so who is the tough guy? Um, I mean, I still think... You know, it's Donovan, Rudy. Uh, I mean, they, they've got, you know, the edge mentally. Physically, I think it's got to be Joe. And people would chuckle at that. But Ingles is a guy that, in my opinion, is, is a really heart and soul of this team. But I think there are nights uh, that the Jazz missed the body of a Jay Crowder or a, De- or, or a Derek Favors. But that times, now you have to move on, though. And I'm sure the Jazz front office understood what they were giving up to get Conley and others in return. And Jeff Green, you hope, steps into that role as well as the season continues on. All great questions. I think all that the Jazz still are pondering, Gordon and Jake, uh, the front office, to see who wants to be maybe that, that, the bench leader, the bench mob mentality. And uh, hopefully it comes. If not, it could be uh, some difficulties along the way.
1: Bowler, as always, thank you very, very much and look forward to seeing you tonight.
3: All right, guys. Be good. Talk to you soon and happy holiday.
1: Back at you, Bowler. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bowler. Happy holidays. The great Craig Bowler, Jack, coming up right around the corner, we have the Not Sports Report. We do. You have a tease for us, Gordon? Uh, It involves an animal. An animal? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a broad tease, but a tease nonetheless. Animal lovers, stay tuned. <laughs> Gordon's got something for you coming up next. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280
0: The Zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory shop online at lhmusedcars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? Well, we're going to
2: California if we're able to get back there. Okay. A, uh, a JetBlue passenger, a fellow by the name of Gerald Tautenhahn. Oh, Jerry. He flew from Long Beach Airport. You ever been to that airport? Very nice airport. Is that the John Wayne one? No. I've been to that that's one. That's Orange County. Oh, okay. But if you ever get the chance to, to go into Southern California at Long Beach, that's, that's it, it feels like it fell out of the 1930s or something. Nice. I like it. Anyway, so he was flying from Long Beach to Austin, Texas, and he had a little hiccup that he had to get approved. He was flying with his pet opossum. Possum? Possum, possum, opossum. Which one is it? Possum. In this report, it says opossum. Oh, oh, okay. Why did he have a possum? Because it was his pet. Is that legal? Well, he wanted to make sure it was legal, so he called the the Department of Transportation and he called JetBlue, allegedly, and they gave him approval to take his pet opossum (laughs) with him on his flight. Oh, good. So he flew down there without a problem. But when he went to the airport in Austin to fly back to California, he had the opossum in its container and it fit under the seat in front of him, and he had it there. But one of the uh, employees, uh, after he had already been boarded, already on the plane, he had everybody everything tucked away, everything fine. He was contacted by an employee that said, uh, "Can can you step outside for a minute, or step into the into the airport?" So he did, and they t- and they told him essentially that he could either. Uh, Leave the pet possum behind in Austin and fly, or he could stay with his pet opossum and stay and, and not go. In fact, one of the JetBlue people told him that he needed to rent a car to get his pet opossum back to California. And he said, wait a second, I got all this cleared and they, I had no problem getting down here, and allegedly they told him, uh, "Well, that's too bad. You can't take him back on a plane." So, I mean, we all see, right? We've all seen a lot of uh, animals on planes. These, what do you call them? That soothe support your nerves. Support animals. Support animals. This guy's support animal was a possum. So, I'm just thinking, if you were sitting in a seat on a plane and the guy next to you had a possum. Would you have a problem with that? 100%. <laughs> and the, the airline absolutely did the right thing. I'm not that they familiar. They did the wrong thing because they told him that he could do it. And they let him do it. And then what he ended up doing, because he was stranded in Austin for four days, because he was trying to find a way to get back with his possum, because he didn't want to leave his possum back in Austin. So he finally got a, a ticket with United and snuck the possum on the plane. And didn't even, he said nobody even asked him about the possum? He was just in his little container, and he put him under the seat. No one even knew. So he, he ended up getting back home finally, but he felt betrayed because he was told he could do it, and then they did not allow him to do it. They shouldn't allow him to do it. Why what happened If that possum got loose and flipped out <laughs> on
1: the plane, there's nowhere to go. It's not. And, a- and you know what? Get a normal pet. It, it, and you should not be allowed to fly with anything in the main cabin of the of the airplane. You want to crate your dog and put it down below, fine. But I shouldn't have to deal with it in my travel experience. Let alone a possum or an alligator or a or a hamster or whatever
2: else you want what to travel. with. if the possum with. is in the container. What difference does it make? He said he's not said, in the He container? said one of the problems was when he was at the airport, he took the possum out, and he, you know, everybody was oh cool. A possum, you know, and people are coming over and petting it and whatnot. And they, said, can I hold? your possum and so people were coming over and holding this possum you know and then they started petting it and playing with them and they all thought it was just a joy Have you ever heard the term playing possum
1: that would imply that when it's not playing possum that something bad is happening so whenever it's not playing possum i certainly don't want
2: to be isolated
1: on an airplane
2: with it well jet blue offered this statement said uh, JetBlue gladly accepts small dogs and cats. Only in approved pet carriers on the customer's return trip, our crew members in Austin witnessed the opossum come out of its carrier and saw that it was not a cat or a dog. The crew members informed the customer that the opossum would not be able to travel on the flight and worked to assist the customer with his options. Namely, they told him, rent a car. Good. And drive back. Good. But according uh, to various outlets and at the uh, Austin International Airport, they clarified that possums are not banned from air travel at the federal, state, or local levels, detailing that carriers are allowed to set their own pet policies. But in this case, they said he could do it. And then they told him he couldn't. Good. Get a get a different pet, pal. You're, get what, a dog. What do, what do you have against
1: Possums. Why do people have to have a possum as a pet? Why can't you just have a normal
2: pet? What difference does it make? It's a possum.
1: To you, it's a wild animal.
2: (laughs) He's not bringing a a meat eating lion on the plane. All right.
1: We've got uh, Keith Smith, who's going to join the show next. Covers the NBA. You're,
2: you're, you're an animal hater
1: for Yahoo Sports. It's i not just a
2: skunk. I, I
1: shouldn't be forced to ride on the plane. It's not a with water buffalo. Stupid I mean, it's possum. A, it's a
2: little possum.
1: Other people look, are on the plane too, Gordon. Let's let's look look. look stop I, I, Look, I, I
2: want to show you. No, I don't gonna, want to see it. Is that? I uh, don't, don't care. Look at
1: that cutie. I don't. don't he, he, makes no difference.
2: That's that a cute If that thing pat. was
1: latched onto your jugular, you'd be feeling differently about it.
2: You think he's going to chew through your shoe? He
1: could. All right. Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports joins us next. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.